All year round, Frontier Home Products and Design has what you need to make your home comfortable and beautiful. Relax on a new timber tech deck designed by Frontier's experts. A new fireplace from Frontier Home Products Fireplace Gallery adds warmth and serenity to any home. Beauty and versatility at Frontier Home Products and Design Center, 4213 Peachtree's 5th next to the Bayfront Highway. Frontier Home Products and Design Center. Discover a new Frontier. PA contractor number PA039007. Jody Crumpy, director of the Erie City Mission Thrift Stores and Donation Center. When you shop at one of our two thrift stores or drop off items at our donation center, you are providing a meal. You are housing a man in our shelter, helping men and women overcome addiction, and giving our inner city youth an opportunity to learn. I want to thank you for making a difference. This is our city, our mission. God bless you. Welcome to TalkEerie.com's Joel Natale Show, Erie, Pennsylvania's daily podcast. Every day, we tackle the biggest issues that the Erie PA region faces. Stay informed and involved as we advance the narrative of Erie. Now, here's Joel Natale. We've got uh, Mike Berlin, the executive producer, and Tom Fox Davies, the series producer. It's for WQLN Chronicles. This is really this breakthrough series um, that is all the talk of the community here. And gentlemen, thank you so much for for joining us. I really appreciate Joel, it. Joel, thank you for having us. You got it. All right, let's start with you, Mike. We're a family show. Did you grow up here, or did you transplant in? Yeah, I, I, I did. I grew up. Uh, I was. Uh, I grew up in Mill Creek. Uh, born and raised here. Uh, left for a while. Uh, lived in New York City uh, after my college years, and then mm. pretty much actually the pandemic is really what brought me back uh, full wow. time here. Yeah. That seems to be kind of a, a thing that has happened where people are looking for places that was a little bit freer and you were able to do a lot of remote work from there? Or? Well, in New York, I was a director of photography for, okay. uh, for a small television uh, music network. So I would do uh, interviews with uh, your Katy Perry's, your Rick Ross. Wow. Uh, yeah. And uh, so I, a lot of uh, country music artists, rap artists, uh, pop stars and stuff mm -hmm. like that, your Lady Gaga's, your Bruno Mars. And so my job required me to be on site. And things just in New York, it was so odd because my wife still stayed in Erie for so I would commute during back back and forth during the weekend. I and I saw Tom a couple of times. Wow. I think Tom thought I was totally crazy then. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I would come back. I, I would leave on Sunday night at like uh, two o'clock in the morning. Be in New York. Work work pretty much twenty four hours around the clock because sometimes I'd have a shoot. And then I would leave Friday at like seven o'clock. Come back to Erie and try to take care of things. Uh, but it was just like I was living two different worlds. And right around the time of the pandemic, it would be weird because I'd come back to Erie and New York is just going to, you know, yeah, going to rot so to speak. Right. And uh, where I was was right by the Javits Center, which became uh, the. Uh, they called in the National Guard, and they they had the pop up center for uh, for all the people. So I was seeing people get just dropping like flies, and pretty oh much after gosh. like, and the day that I sort of I remember this, I'll always remember this, is that they were setting up those refrigerator like eighteen wheeler truck boards and stuff like that, and there was just a line uh, down Thirty Fourth Street, uh, right around Eighth Avenue, and I was just like, it's time to leave. Wow. And so, yeah. And because technically I was media, you, you were still sort of re expected to report, but like nobody was doing press by that point, especially exactly. not in music, yeah, not music, music television. Yeah. yeah, the entertainment business. Right. Um, it is amazing that both both coasts really took a different approach than the middle of the 
of the country to the pandemic, but mm-hmm. you know, it was really tough. How about you, Tom? You you don't sound like you have that eerie accent, you know? <laughs> yeah, there's no real hiding that, is there? <laughs> Even when I try and make claims that I'm from Ohio, people just like, no, you're... <laughs> you make so, claims you, from your Ohio. You've heard what Tom Ohio. News says about you, right? <laughs> Uh, some of them, no. <laughs> uh, he says uh, he says you're from Venango, and that's why. Yes. Nobody... Yes. That's perfect. Yeah, that's perfect. Yeah, there are there are occasions where people do sort of look at me slightly cockeyed and go, "No, hang on, it, that that doesn't sound right." And I, I did have a lot of fun uh, because my driving license for the longest time was still a, a UK driving license. Yeah, and uh, and people didn't know what to make of that. Uh, there was one occasion where someone just saw the UK on it, was absolutely convinced I was Ukrainian. Oh my gosh! And thought I my can kind of see flawless. that though. Yeah. You have you have a resemblance to the president, I think. You know, no. So which which part of uh, the UK? Uh, so I, I come from the southwest. I'm I'm quite genuinely from that Camelot region. Really? So uh, the house I grew up in actually had masonry that was pilfered from the uh, the Knights of the Round Temples local temple, oh but post Friday gosh. the 13th when the, yeah. the local community decided they, they probably didn't need the stonework anymore. Wow. So yeah, growing up, I had a, a fireplace and this exposed brickwork lost on me as a teenager. Yeah. The things I could have, uh, you know, <laughs> in, in terms of being able to uh, impress people, but, but no, it was... Uh, Lost on me then. So, uh, what what is your training? What did you come up as in uh, in film and and uh, yeah, I broadcast? was. Well, I was your seats, folks. This is good. <laughs> okay, this is good, good right? Yeah. I, I was I was a theatre brat, so I was. Oh, um, okay. I was I was on the stage, uh, and and from a young age, exposed to it at a at a very high end uh, level. I was with a, a, a production company called the National Youth Music Theatre. Wow. At the time, they were backed by Andrew Weber. So one of my earliest productions was singing at his 50th uh, birthday at the Royal Albert Hall. Um, I've got a card somewhere from Antonio Banderas thanking me for helping with his uh, his live uh, <laughs> debut. Um, and so I had this misguided idea that, that being an actor and, and the world of theatre was, was delightful. And then as I got older, that was quickly knocked out of me. And I was like, there's, wow. um, there's a lot of unreliability in that industry. You have to wait for someone else to find a role that's right for you. But being on the other side of the camera, being a being a producer allows us to go and find our own stories yeah. and tell them the way we want to. That is really remarkable. So uh, did you get behind the camera in the UK right, uh, uh, you know, as a young person? Or or did, did that happen here on the, in the stateside? No, I was auditioning for drama school, and I, um, I, I may have celebrated a little bit too heavily at a friend's birthday and subsequently uh, had a rapid departure with some of my front teeth. Oh. Uh, and so I went to America while I was waiting for the next cycle of auditions because yeah. they're annual. Oh, know, my God. Didn't know what to do for a year. So I went to Los Angeles, and it was by moving out there that I then found myself having a, um, a different opinion on what it is to be successful as an actor and transitioned into production work out there. So Mike was out in New York. I was out in L.A. We then convened back on Erie some years ago and, uh, and have now found ourselves. We've known each other for years. Yeah. Right. Um, and then found ourselves with this opportunity. Um, I had already moved here, mm-hmm. uh, and we've, we found the opportunity to do this project together. All right, I, I, I got to ask this question again. As a you know, I, I spent some time in in television production in Nashville, and so and again, you come back to Erie. Erie is not known for this mm. work, okay? No. But uh, but you guys seem to be pretty optimistic about your at least least to to come and get planted, and then of course this this uh, major project ends up. Uh, uh, coming to you, talk about that. Like the, the was there a lot of trepidation to say I'm going to go move to this town of ninety five thousand people and it really has a, a burgeoning but small 
film. I mean, I wasn't really deal. looking for it personally. It, it, did, it did just happen. Is kind of, again, okay. it, it's yeah. funny. It's how the virus sort of it sort of threw all the cards up, and it was like fifty-two car pickup, and then you know all of a sudden WQN is like, hey, we want to do a docu series, and it just seemed like just a, perfect a, timing. Uh, wow. Perfect timing. I, I mean, I'm, I'm not to speak for both of us, but I, I was ready to just do something big after sort of sitting on my hands. I'd worked a bunch of freelance jobs, a lot of uh, G and E and gaffer stuff. Uh, and, uh, and and camera op work, but it was just like I was waiting for something. It's just like I really want something to sink my teeth into, and this sort of just came about. And I was just Could like, you have oh, kind no. of launched from here? Let's say, I mean, you know, they. I just saw a man called Otto. Mm-hmm. All right. It was shot in Pittsburgh. Yeah. Is that something where an eerie guy, a, a decent DP or a decent grip or ele- electrician, could get that gig? Yeah. Yeah, 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 I think so. I, okay. No, I, I think one of the our industry. Uh, You've got the gig. There's a huge gig economy that exists around yeah, yeah, yeah. So if you've got the connections, you can be based anywhere, anywhere in the world. Because if someone values what, they, what you do, they'll bring you to production because production is so rarely in the same spot. So when people come in and shoot in, in Pittsburgh, mm-hmm. they'll bring their key people. But they're also looking to, you know, from a producer standpoint, how can I save money? If there's people right, on the ground right. that they can use, they're going to use them. Uh, so this is where pre, pre-Chronicles... I was based. We uh, we had just moved here. My family just moved here um, because you know it's it's a it's a beautiful place to live and to have small kids. It's a wonderful environment. And in Los Angeles, your alternative is a shoebox. Um, so to be here, the the, the value of, of of your daily living is, is so much more improved. And for what we do, you know, I was working in Miami, Los Angeles, Boston, so I was traveling around. But it's a lot it's a lot more affordable to do that when uh, when your overheads. Are, are what they are here in Erie. We get we get so much bang for our buck here. That that is remarkable. All right, um, I I, I want to know how uh, how this how you guys were approached by was it Tom New that approached you or uh, was there another project or you know it was, manager there? I had I was cooking one night and I heard about the um, about the job they had posted over on WQLN uh, on NPR and stuff like that and I was cooking. I was just like. And I had just gone back from, uh, oh, God, I was doing the, um, and, well, I, I don't think this is a big spoiler. I'm sure it's coming. I think it's coming out this year. But I was doing the Cheech and Chong documentary okay. uh, just uh, from the grip and electric standpoint. So I was out, yeah. in, I was out in Death Valley uh, working that, and I had literally come back. And uh, there were some funny things that had happened on set, that not really related to me, but like a lot of ego and temp- tension tantrums and stuff like that. And I, I was like, I'm getting to just to a point in my life where it's just like, you know, there's another way to do this. And uh, then I heard the show. I was like, when's the, no-? you know, maybe that's not that I believe in signs, but mm-hmm. when are you going to get these opportunities? And so I applied at that point. And um, yeah, they had, WQN had a vastly different idea of what the show was going to be. <laughs> uh, it, God love them. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, and so I uh, came in and, um, and you know, it pretty quickly brought Tom into the fold as well. And it's just like we I think we both immediately wanted to just sort of steer it in a different direction. Did you have that kind of level of production experience at the time or I mean, yes, apart yes. from the camera and the grip stuff. And... I, I had produced things in New York City, okay, but I yeah. didn't necessarily advocate my, for myself as a producer. Yeah. I, I had done a couple of things with uh, a couple of uh, smaller artists. Uh, well, oh. 
<laughs> uh, this is a little complicated. Uh, so I've done some things with an artist named Chris Brown and Tory Lanez. Both of these guys have ultimately gone on to be on um, like superstars, yeah. superstars. But also, there's a horrible notoriety with both of them right, for right, different yeah. reasons. And uh, so it's it's hard to necessarily promote your work sometimes <laughs> right. when the artists you've worked with and it happened to be yeah, two well, of them. Was Chris Brown a jerk when you knew him? You know, I mean, Chris Brown was really nice to me. <laughs> okay, I mean, it's like <laughs> this is your. Your right. lived experience, right? right? Wow. Yeah. And, and, and yeah. Tori Lanes, who went on to shoot Megan uh, Megan the Stallion in the foot, oh uh, gosh, he was really right. nice to me. And it's just like, <laughs> and you know, like these things at the time got some yeah. nice, some nice buzz behind them. But it's like all of a sudden, when you've worked with talent that have done these things and have maybe gone off the path a little bit, it's really hard to promote your work. Wow. <laughs> yeah. <That's laughs> I don't know tough. how else to put this. It's like, and uh, you know, not that it like. Yeah, and I was able to move on and do some things with like Janelle Monae and everything like that. But it's Neat. just like, but like my big things, it's like, it's like, yeah. But you they, still, you had, you had done a level of producing, just not necessarily of this uh, type of content. And that's, that's a, the yeah. other, the other interesting thing about our line of work is that you can be doing music videos, you can be doing documentaries, you can do narrative projects. A lot of the base skill sets just overlap. It's just right. the end product. You should be doing thirty changes. second commercials in in. I mean, it's a mini movie, right? Uh, Tom, well, Tom's right. I mean, like I had done things that were like ten minutes, fifteen minute segments, mm -hmm. and so, uh, things that would play in the back of a New York City taxi cab, if you will. Wow! Uh, but I'd never done anything where it's just like from uh, from story to story, like build. Let's build the whole infrastructure because mm -hmm. that's really what we had to do on Chronicles. Build the whole infrastructure, and um, yeah, I, I'd worked on a couple of independent uh, docs and features as well. But build the whole infrastructure and like thirty, those thirty minutes. That's like that is unbridled. That is our vision. So that what, was, that was what, a bit what's enough. interesting, and we have to go to our, a first break. Mm -hmm. But what's interesting is that you built this infrastructure, but you you really chose to have lots of freedom within the infrastructure. This is there. Yes. The one thing that I've noticed the most about Chronicles is there is no template to any of these small shows by design. By design. By design. Yeah, we would get bored. That's part of it. That is remarkable. Yeah. We're talking about the WQLN Chronicles. Uh, gentlemen, uh, we've, we've got uh, Mike Berlin, uh, Tom Fox Davies. You're up for six regional Emmys. I mean, that's pretty remarkable, don't you think? I, th I think it's, it's, it's the biggest haul of nominations that the Erie region has seen for some time, if not ever. I think, I, I think, we, set a, I think we set a landmark, actually, yeah. on that one. Yeah. All right. So I want to I go to the concept and then what made you decide to be so i'm not going to say it was random but it's certainly <laughs> a it is certainly different creative approaches to each subject matter so uh first off you you uh you were you were put on as executive producer mike yes. i mean uh and so you know, it's it's all on you. You're are, are you basically the showrunner? Is that what you would call it? Uh, no, Tom and I work Tom, hand, okay, like work yeah. hand in hand, it, it, and we. Well, I think what gives yeah. what gives good insight of that is is Mike and I were both up for the same position along okay. with one other person, mm. and uh, unfortunately for that other person, he rang my production company to ask what it would take to put this kind of show together. So when we went for the the job interview process, and and Mike and I are both closely involved with the with the film office here. I didn't know you had gone for it right away. That was part of it too. Right. Yeah. 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 And then and so and, and and but we were both in in conversation about about this show before anything had been announced. Yeah. And in the course of interviewing for it, we we 
we both were saying independently of each other that this this show really needed a local voice behind yeah. it. This this candidate okay. from Miami one, I'm sure a, a perfectly functioning producer, a show of this scale really needs someone who has a connection with the history here. Um, and, and what was entertaining is I remember you calling me mm -hmm. after you interviewed, deeply concerned that you weren't even going to get a look in because you had presented this idea of doing I, a much more in-depth. I literally went there and during the interview process, I was just like, yeah, I'm not interested in doing that show. The, the one that WQL and so it's just like, I, so, so what was, I mean, again, sometimes you have to convince the client yeah. that their idea is not going to work. I mean, I, what was, I went in saying, Hey, if you, whatever show you want to make, I have the producing background that yeah. I can, I can do what you want. Mike goes in and says, no, I'm not going to do that. That's pretty much what I say. <laughs> and it's what I was interested in doing was trying to provide a platform for the different uh, artists and people within the community to sort of go in and do this anthology show and have each episode have a different feel, have a different. So I love when you, when we were talking uh, before, like off air, when you, it's like each one of these episodes, it's like, there's no template. And that was a little bit by design because in my own head, I was like, I want to create an atmosphere in an environment for Tom or Jesse James or John Lyons or Melissa Troutman. I want them to come in and I want them to put their personal stamp on it. I love that you're calling it an anthology because that really is a better uh, a better descriptive of what it is. Yeah. These are these chronicles and and it's not this strict uh Yeah. And Mike Mike saw know, the potential the for the civil that. war, you know. It's not it's not a it's not a Ken Burns type of approach. No, no, no. <laughs> not at all. And, and I, I think that's yeah. when, and Mike, Mike saw the potential for that before any of the rest of us did. Uh, and I think so, everybody looked at me a little crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody. We still do. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's fair. That's allowed. <laughs> but I mean, it, I would, I would, I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't criticize QLN for saying, yeah, this is what we know as documentary style in, in this genre for PBS. And it, it is, I mean, Ken Burns is kind of the, the standard bearer, right? I mean, but I remember when when we first sat down and, and chatted about the the series at large, and there was that discussion about not wanting to create the same episode each week, but just with a different underlying subject. Because yeah, yeah. who 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 wants to watch that we, for twenty six episodes? That and I was very 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 concerned because everybody kept on saying you have to you have to establish a template. Yeah, and I was like, no, we don't. And what I was concerned about from a, just an artistic standpoint, and I do not consider myself an artist, but it's like what I was concerned about from an artistic and creative standpoint is that we would get bored and that it would yeah. very quickly, the style would get tired. Mm -hmm. I was, I was, I was very cognizant of that. at an And this stage. is not a mini series. This there's, there's a lot of legs to Chronicles that I think is being envisioned. Right. I mean, yeah, we've got two more seasons on the horizon, two yeah. more seasons. Yes. And we're just, completing season one yes uh what about subject matter what uh, you know what is the you know what where are these ideas coming from why do you start with rum runners you know why why the lake why joyce savakia and so on well I'll, I'll start with uh i'll start with rum runners and just answer that and this might give you a little bit key and then tom will have a much more sophisticated answer than i uh than i can you know pontificate here uh, i started with rum runners because one of the things that was interesting after a conversation with david frew uh everybody knows david frew well, after a conversation with him it became very clear after doing some reading and research that that was an interesting uh, reflection point in erie's history and you could almost to a t for, for those 10 plus years during prohibition it's like erie is sort of on this 
assent and people are moving there. And at that point, at Prohibition, because of what's established and uh, the rum running, there's like a shattering, so to speak. And that, that pebble is the most important sort of analogy in that. And I believe it's in the first episode of it, because at that point, everything ripples off. Mm. And it, it, it's a really interesting reflection point in Erie's history. And that's why we started with Rum Runners originally. Foolishly, I feel, on some level now. <laughs> but, yeah. but in terms of coming up with, with all these ideas, um, when, when say, WQLN uh, bring Mike in as, as executive producer, we, we, we both sort of said, whoever you hire, you get both of us. Um, I was out in, in LA at the time, finishing up another project. Uh, and, and in that interim, Mike had diligently sat down and, and I don't know how he did so much uh, in such a short space of time, but trawled through all aspects of historical figures, historical events, uh, corporations that have risen and fallen, all these different- You were doing the- yeah, By himself. The, yeah. There was- Because th- that, that was one of my other questions. It's like, who's doing all this research, you know? Well, now it's a team, but okay. before, but before before I pulled anybody in, I had to get some sort of idea of like, because here I was, you know, it's like we can do the show differently than it's ever been done before, and it's like you have to figure out how you're going to take that idea and get other people to buy in. And the first person I had to convince was Tom Fox. I did. Like you were the first person. Interesting. And it's just like, and I kind of knew that. And it's just like, it's like I gotta get like and so. And then at the same time, like any new job, and I say yeah, this with yeah. complete respect. When you walk in, the thing that it's like, okay, now I'm inside WQLN. And then there's a few things you have to learn. Sure. Before, it, like, you Corporate think you, culture, yeah. Right. I mean, you think you know what it is. Yeah. And then it's like, it's like, oh, this is a little different. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but I got you in within a month, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Was there a moment, Tom, that you had, like, that, like, delight came upon your, your face of saying, this is going to be cool? Oh, oh no, no, yeah, no, no question. The um, well, from the outset, at that point in time, I was I was freelancing, working on all these different projects around the country. I was like Mike as well, just a bit tired of the constant being on the road. I mean, yeah. his constant back and forth from New York—that should be an advert for whatever car you were driving, because the reliability there is phenomenal. Um, <laughs> but the that whole nature of having having small children, wanting to spend more time at home. So here is a project right on our doorstep and as a, I, my background is in documentary filmmaking mm-hmm. so it's it's to a subject that speaks to me getting to explore the the history of a city that i've moved to that i personally happen to think is pretty great was like this is and and then to, to be able to do it alongside mike as well and we'd, we'd worked on a few projects in the past as well but the to then have a, a long-term project with someone that you know and love on a, on a subject matter that you you really enjoy it was just too much of an easy sell this is amazing uh, what we're learning here about the WQLN Chronicles. And here's something I want to make sure folks understand as we uh, continue our conversation with Mike Berlin and Tom Fox Davies, uh, who are the, uh, the uh, executive producer, series producer, respectfully, is that this is on the free side of the paywall. So when you want to yes. watch, you just go to QLN's website, and it's like, look for Chronicles. It's like right there you can start watching. Yeah, I mean, we, we have WQLNChronicles.com is a hyperlink okay. that takes you straight to it. And yeah, it's all there freely available for uh, for anyone to watch all of the episodes. It's yeah. like I can watch it on my Apple TV. It's because there's an Apple TV app. Yes, on, for, pa- for on Passport. Yes, yeah, and passport. It, it was important to us. It's, and it, that was another thing that got established. And I didn't have to fight too hard about that. It's just like this is not... This should not be like this is our history, and yeah. uh, we want to make sure that people had that. 
at their disposal and can watch at their leisure. Talk about other agencies that are working with you guys. I'm assuming you're spending a lot of time at the History Center and so on. You got all day? <laughs> uh, we're lucky, and I think uh, it's been it's been uh, eye-opening to me as well. To, of course, we're down at the Hagen History Center, which uh, wonderful. If I don't think enough people recognize some of the uh, institutions and agencies that are in the city. And that is one that people should go and visit because it's incredible. Uh, the Jefferson Society, mm -hmm. uh, that team there, Pat Cuneo, I, I can't say oh enough gosh. glowing stuff. Uh, the, the Belasco Library, Debbie Lyon, the Heritage Room. Mm -hmm. Just like there are amazing things at our doorstep. I was just at uh, the Tom Ridge Center uh, talking to Jeanette Schnars at the Regional Science Consortium. Right. Um, we have amazing people within the city who are just sort of the unsung heroes as far as archive and uh and information that is sort of just that tells the story of the of the of the city and all we do is sort of consolidate that and try to put a little bit of cinematic flair to it well and then the the other fascinating part is for any of these given subjects there's always these people these characters uh, so like with, with the episodes on Pit Hole and you've got the Drakewell Museum who have, who've archived and created all that that wonderful information uh, churches here all have fantastic mm -hmm. archives a rich uh, uh, documentation of, of the history of the city and then individuals uh, we right. we <laughs> we needed to find some information on the cola beer oh. <laughs> ray barber ray wow. barber <laughs> cool. oh yes God. yeah that it's well, a, you know one one uh one i didn't mention yet that i absolutely love was the gong show oh. the thing about the blades and yes. I, again you were able to capture both uh, folks that covered the blades, right, as well as players. You know, you had uh, Pierre Legacy. I mean, like, Legacy. Legacy. Yeah. Yes, I mean, uh, it was. Um, I mean, these are my heroes as a kid. You know, I the, mean, the Blades episode was a fun one. Uh, big up to our Frank Media who did a yeah. wonderful job with it, and uh, just uh, we wanted to make sure that. And one of the reasons it was important for it to be an anthology show is that we do hit seri more serious subjects, but sometimes we like to let our hair down. Yeah, and the Blades was a good opportunity to do it. Uh, I, I felt like uh, I, I enjoyed uh, can, uh, Tulio defeated, which was an episode that aired a couple of weeks ago. And, like you, you I can't that one. You can't yeah. always come super serious because it's like after a certain point there because there are there is a lot of serious things going on in our community and nation as a whole but it's sometimes it's nice to sort of to lighten things up a little well bit. you were talking uh, about when you mentioned the rum runners of about these points in history that are crucial for erie mm -hmm. and i think that the the tulio defeated one yeah is huge because there was so much at least the way that I hear it in my family near, because the Mike Canavino thing in my family was huge, right? As for the Natalies, all right, we we loved Mike. I mean, it was all about it. And when he passed away, it was like a, a major explosion oh, that happened in our community. So true to family. the documentary, and this happened to Tom too. It's like we we will start episodes at time thinking it's going to be one thing. And then all of a sudden, as we're sort of uh, peeling it back a little bit, it's just like, oh, this isn't about this. It's about that. And with Tulio defeated, it was an interesting thing where we looked at it uh, and it was like, okay, Tulio loses this primary. What What is it that happens? And then I read uh, Kyle Faust's uh, master thesis and it all of a sudden it, re, it dawns on me as I'm reading it and as I'm doing the research, I'm like, this isn't about Tulio. This is about Mike Canavino. And so that episode very quickly uh, turned uh, on a dime, literally, where it sort of becomes more about Mike's story than Lou's story. And yeah. it's, a, it's an interesting sliding doors moment in Erie's history, and particularly for that uh, Little Italy uh, neighborhood. It, it, what's interesting, too, and again, it's kudos for, for you and your team, 
is that you're not you're not just getting you're not really getting the 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 bottom fruit. You're actually diving in to these seminal moments, and so it would be super easy for you to do Battle of Lake Erie, do, you know, do the typical stuff. Well, we 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 did say from the outset that that. So, so going back to your earlier point about how, who comes up with these these ideas, where they come from, and yeah. Mike had, had had written all these ideas down on note cards, and then there was a wall that was just just completely covered, multicolor spectrum of, of different different cards. And Probably didn't at, know that Erie had that much history and that many I, that many stories to tell. Right? Look, I don't I mean, want to give Tom new any more ideas than he has, <laughs> but there is enough content to run this series for many more years. Oh and the, the problem we keep running into is that many of these stories we think we can fit into a half hour episode, and then just find it's just too rich. Right. We have to expand them into a parts one and two, or in Houses of Faith, four part extravaganza. Um, but uh, uh, oh, you're going for more on Houses of Faith? There's one more. Oh, okay, there's one gotcha. more in the pipeline. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but they're all incredibly full. That's the thing that's incredible. Each one of those episodes yeah. is like very, very full. Mm-hmm. And if it doesn't, it doesn't feel. Uh, and one of the reasons we are looking to do this for three seasons, it's like we never want the episodes or the show for itself to feel thin. And all the Houses of Faith episodes feel very full mm-hmm. and feel very, very respectful to the source material. Well, and, and, and the, the turn that you took in, the, uh, again, if you haven't watched it, I don't want to give away any spoilers, but there's a turn that you take in the second episode where it, you do address the clergy abuse scandal. And yeah. you've, you, you know, you're quoting uh, Monsignor Kriegel you know that there's a special place in hell for those abusers i mean my gosh it's a great sound I, I remember when he said it pretty, i was like oh boy that's pretty yeah. visceral that's pretty powerful television and 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 there are as as mike was saying there are certain episodes where we do lean into to things that might be a little bit more uncomfortable to watch but they are part of the history here and so we have some episodes that are lighter and fluffier some that are harder hitting but in all cases we're trying to explore points of history that might not otherwise be discussed and that people might not accidentally sort of stumble over. So of all those all those things are up on the board, yeah, we've got the War of 1812. Mm-hmm. But if you want to know about that, there's an abundance of literature and, and other documentaries and, and points of reference that you can go to. Yeah. The stuff we want to try and make is the stuff that is harder to find. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. All right, so uh, let's... let's. Uh, I'm glad that makes sense to you because I'm, sometimes I don't always know if it makes <laughs> well, sense to me. <laughs> Well, it, it 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 does it because. Well, here let me let me throw some let me do a little pitch session. Oh, okay. I got two oh. story. I got two stories. I've already pitched this one to Tom New. I really think you could do a really cool history of radio and television or history of media here. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if that's already on the board, but it might be the uh, because I think um there is an african-american engineer there is that uh kind of like was a pioneer of radio that was in erie at ge and you know there, so that's a really cool story of course you know the story of myron jones and jet radio and you know being basically the number one top 40 station in the nation at some point you know there's a lot there so maybe maybe tom is driving that truck well uh, that's you know? a, that is a that is a subject we've sort of talked about and yeah. uh, then we always look at the episodes a little bit like a venn diagram sure. and where it's just like uh if you notice if you take the bird's eye view you will notice at a certain point things overlap yeah. even in something like the eerie blades actually overlaps with other episodes 
Uh, and so we're always sort of looking at, because the idea is that once the show is completed, uh, it's just like people will be able to, WQLM will be able to program it in a way that might actually tell a very interesting narrative from mm -hmm. episode to episode. So how the puzzle pieces all fit together might not make sense right away, but there is, uh, there is something to that. To your point about the news, we're right now, Tom is right now working on an episode about sort of uh, Eerie's importance of, uh, you want to talk about this a little bit or do you want to, do you want to save it? Uh, so we're talking about it, uh, Eerie's importance as far as the political bellwether in Pennsylvania. Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah. And one of the conversation points, and I'm glad you're going there, and I, I didn't know that you were taking it there, but he's talking about, you know, how these uh, local institutions, uh, the, the radio and the news, how do you sort of get, how do you sort of get this news out there mm. in an unsort of filtered way now? Yeah, we're, we're looking at the, uh, how the decline of, of support for local news media has been detrimental to how cities like Erie are able to, to, to keep moving forward um, and that the role that they play. Um, but while, I mean, while we, while we talk about the end of, of season one and, and, you know, <laughs> a little bit of plug of, of what's to come, cause we've got the second part of pit hole coming up. Yeah. Uh, Harry T. Burley part one. Yes. Okay. And then we finish out the season with, uh, with this, this hour long special on the, the political evolution of Erie. Um, say that again. I'm sorry. It says the, the, the final episode is called bellwether, the political evolution. Of, okay. Of gotcha. Eerie. Yeah. 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 Um, and that, that rounds up what has been a very sort of eclectic season one. But things will look different in yes. seasons two and three. Why, why do you say that? Because we're going to start grouping our episodes. Okay. So we're going to be airing in blocks. Uh, and, and our first block is going to be one on, on maritime. Uh, so subjects that are related to, to the body of water here. Whereas we might then have another block that is, is scheduled around sports uh, subjects. Oh, cool. So there will be more of a theme coming through our blocks, but that that first block with maritime is is what led to uh, to Mike getting us submerged in <laughs> in the pools of water here, learning how to scuba dive. Oh, cool! Yep, we're going down. We're going underwater. Yes, that's that's fabulous. It's, uh, yeah, I love it. And there's a there's a strong. Uh, it, you talk about uh, we were talking about whether it's the uh, regional science consortium and the yeah, yeah. Uh, there's also there's a strong diving community it certainly Erie. is and, yeah. uh, and they are enthusiastic uh so we have uh gotten certified uh certified scuba divers and i've got become a certified underwater archaeologist wow. never think something i thought i'd put on my cv but there it is <laughs> let me throw the other idea at okay you. yes and this is a little bit more esoteric but i don't know if you picked up on this growing up here mike is mm -hmm. is this concept that if what if Erie only could have X, you know, what if Erie only could have been had um, John D. Rockefeller putting the um, the refineries in Erie and not mm. in Cleveland? You know, all these missed opportunities, you know, that that's, you know, some powers that be, you know, uh, discourage Rockefeller from investing in Erie. And so he went to Cleveland. I, that's not really how the story goes, but whatever. not exactly. But yes. I mean, right. I actually asked the question about to Dr. Garvey before he passed from oh. Merciers about, you know, the, the, the mispotential of Erie. There's oh. that narrative that's out there that we could have been a significant large city and, and that, that our political climate or a lack of leadership or, mis, yeah. you know, just misguided uh, movement. You know, some people blame it on the unions. I mean, there's all, everybody's got, everybody's got a blame thrown at them. Uh, I don't know if that's really. Well, I don't you, know. If I you mean, you pitched that to me. I don't think. I don't think you have to have been born here to reach that. I think it's the most bittersweet part of our job is yeah. that we explore these subjects. And even as a, even as a migrant here, I've lived here for a few years now, 
And because of the research we get to do for these shows, I can then see what was missed, what the potential could have been. But as someone who lived here, I'm sure that's more profound for you. It is. It is. I've changed my outlook on it a little bit as we've done more research. I mean, you could say the same thing about Meadville, about Gerard. Uh, It's one of the things that's become abundantly clear is it's like and maybe it's not necessarily about Erie itself. Maybe it's about the region. There is something that is that is hard luck here. And listen, we have. It's no, it's no secret about the brain drain, and it's something we desperately, desperately are uh, contending with, and you know, losing that battle. To be honest, but it's just like there, people are down on the city. I and I, I am not here to tell you that you know, it's just like it's all rainbows and unicorns and right. sunshine and yeah. stuff like that. But it's just like I don't know if it's always fair. Right, but I, right. I do think in the course of then doing a show, like, or even or, or in watching a show like Chronicles, like you watch the district and and you get some insight yeah. into the the structures mm-hmm. that we've lost mm-hmm. and that loss of character, mm-hmm. and you look at old images of, of Perry Square and and the loss of the Lawrence Hotel, which gave way to the oh Alamo. my gosh, it still cuts me to the quick. And know? and then yeah. watching say the, the the churches, and we lose that that initial Presbyterian church on. Mm-hmm. I mean, Perry Square could, in another you know parallel universe, been this really impressive powerful uh, uh landing space for the city so it's it's then given me a new appreciation for the work that's going on in terms of redeveloping that area and the investment and the efforts being made to try and bring downtown into more of a, a heartbeat to the city um and i don't know if i would appreciate that as much if it hadn't been for the insight that we had from from the show that's that so you you are you're running into that day in and day out as you do your every your day work. Wow. every day yeah the the what ifs the what yeah ifs. I mean you you think about somebody like the Strong Mansion which is Gannon's old main like who affords that kind of house a hundred and twenty years ago but but, but it, that guy was that well healed yeah but it's also in and you you do a great job of this with uh, houses of faith particularly I think part one and part three where it's like you talk about it and like these preserve preserving these buildings mm-hmm. is it is. It's expensive, and it's yeah. just like, and we we also have to have a very just honest, frank conversation about what we value. And uh, I, I'm not, you know, I can't, I'm not. It's not my job to necessarily mm-hmm. tell. It's like, oh, it's like this or it's like that. It's just all we're trying to do is we're trying to excite conversation. Absolutely. I think what's uh, what's just um, <laughs> just hit me actually as we're finishing up season one. The the common thread through all our episodes is this sense of community. Yeah. And the community response, whatever the subject is, whether we look at Charlotte Elizabeth Banks and how she battles, sorry, and how she she sought to look after her community, mm-hmm. the importance of preserving these buildings for the sake of the community, Tom our Hagen, religious yeah. structures need that sense of community and provide it. And and there, there's such a quick, there's a portion of our community who are so quick to beat down on Erie without appreciating that there is such a strong potential within the community, but it's on each of us to get involved and engage with it to, to, to realize it. And we're still, you know, we're still benefiting from the largesse of 100, 120 years ago. Yes. Because we don't have a Philharmonic. We don't have a Warner Theater. We don't have all of these, uh, you know, extent, you know, 100-year-old-plus arts and, and culture uh, assets at a town of 95,000. We are benefiting. We're playing above our weight, if you will. We're punching above our weight in all of these assets that towns double or triple our size don't have. It's because of the, you know, that, that uh, long thinking that some of our, our forefathers had there, you know? Yeah. yeah. The, the, the opportunities available to people in this city are on a par with cities 
Three times the size. Absolutely. Uh, One of the things that it's become such a pet, and it's been a pet peeve even before we started to do Chronicles, uh, was that whole thing. It's like, well, there's nothing to do in Erie. Mm -hmm. Um, That is the biggest (laughs) bunk of bunk. (laughs) It's like... I'm trying to keep it PG, yeah, it's true, but it's just like he's he's abiding by FCC rules. <laughs> yeah, it's like, yeah. But, but when people say that, yes. it just yeah. and it, it just it makes my skin crawl because it's like, come on. Yeah, yeah there is a lot to do. Absolutely. My, my favorite plug right now is when people people meet me hear the accent and say, "Why are you here?" Now I can just go well, watch Chronicles. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. All right, so let's talk about the the enemy thing here. Okay. Uh, Tell, tell us about uh, what has been nominated and what's the procedure from here on out. Yeah, I think what's crazy is, uh, <laughs> I, and Tom and I both feel this way that it's like uh, the the early episodes have been nominated from Rum Runners, uh, what was it Rum Runners, Houses of Faith, uh, Charlotte Elizabeth Battles, Uriel Honan. I am um, district the district. What else? The visit. The visit. So the, the it's yeah. the seven episodes that we aired uh, in 2022 because you can only submit anything that was broadcast in that calendar year. Yeah. Okay. So that was our first seven episodes. I and think they were all put up for awards? In one way or another, yeah. We didn't really have a full understanding of how the Emmy process worked, okay. so we just went, we'll put everything in. We'll throw it in. I, I think we were hoping that we would get a nomination, maybe mm-hmm. two, and so when, when it came back, it was just like, what? Yeah, well, then going back to your earlier point, because of each of the episodes having a very different style and approach and vibe and content, some of them we could put into the purely historical category. Some of them went into cultural. Mm. There's a cultural historical hybrid category. Some of them went into that. So we had episodes for different different subjects, yeah. and that played to our advantage. Fantastic. The um, as you as you move forward. Um, is there something you're talking about grouping things in the second season? What else are you wanting to tweak or or uh, are you going to just kind of keep this vibe of, hey, different looks, different approaches? I mean, I mean, you look at, you, for example, like you look at the visit and it's like, oh, my, that is, you know, that's like something out of um, what's that sci fi thing? Close Encounters. Close of Encounters the third, yeah. or, yes. you know, one of those, uh, you know. Sometimes alien movies, you know, and I think we do. We've done a nice job of this where it's just like, what does the story merit? Yeah. You know, does it it does it require this twist or does it require that, you know, that approach? And we are trying to marry whether the story or the subject with the visual language that makes sense for it. Gotcha. And sometimes it's like, hey, I want to try something new. Cool. That and and we're also going to change our uh, our Emmy submission process. That's yes, uh, yes. And we're we're quietly confident that if we got six nominations off the first seven episodes, um, then when we get to the end of of, of this year, uh, with the with the number of of episodes we'll have banked by then, um, we should be bringing even more uh, uh, metal work back to Erie. Well, I, I want to congratulate you, gentlemen, and the, your whole team here. Uh, you're really doing yeoman's work of of capturing those moments in history, and 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 really it is you are establishing a uh, audiovisual time capsule for future generations. I mean, these are stories uh, that would get lost if if you hadn't been doing this work, and uh, and uh, just the with the creativity and the. Kind of the vibe. It's just really cool. Congratulations. We appreciate Thank that. You. Thank you so much. All right. We, we're going to stay on this story because, first off, we love QLN. And second off, we love history. And, and, and I tell you what, um, the idea of this show is all about educating people. You know, if, if 
pushes against that narrative that there's nothing to do or uh, we're really bored. No, 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 no. You just gotta you just gotta know where to where to find the nuggets. Thank you so so much, Mike Berlin, Tom Fox Davies from the WQLN Chronicles. Thank you, gentlemen. You've been listening to The Joel Natale Show, Erie, Pennsylvania's daily podcast from TalkErie.com. Subscribe to our show on your favorite podcatcher and get involved by emailing joel at TalkErie.com.